Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Squiggly Careers podcast. I'm Helen. And I'm Sarah. And this is a special podcast. We decided to close the year and actually go and talk to some of our podcasting friends about what they've learned from podcasting this year and some of the insights they'd have from all of our guests. It's basically just an excuse to get nosy, I think, into other podcasters' lives. <laughs> Your excuse. Your excuse, know, my to excuse to get nosy. My excuse to get nosy. It's just my way of just connecting with people. So in this episode today, you're going to hear Sarah and myself talk to Dan Murray Serta, who is, as well as being the founder of Heights, He's also the host of the Secret Leaders podcast. It's a podcast that focuses on entrepreneurship and the journeys of entrepreneurs. And in the past year, he's interviewed the founder of We Transfer, John Cleese, which he talks a little bit about in this episode, and Alain de Batan. Uh, so lots of really interesting people. And we're also going to be speaking to Damien Hughes, who is the co-host of the High Performance podcast. That's a podcast that he hosts with Jake Humphreys. And in that podcast, they talk about high performance with individuals from the world of sport music business to really understand what it takes to be a high performer and what they have learned from it so we're really looking forward to sharing the conversation with you I think Sarah and I got lots of our own insights and some of their guests are amazing that they've spoken to this year (laughs) I was just listening to the bass just thinking oh I'm not sure like we're we're the same level, to be honest. <laughs> Some people were like, oh, we really like talking to people like all these psychologists and work people. But I think, you know, there's lots of insights that we all learn from the diversity of our guests. And um, we well, can also, steal... we just spend most of our time talking to each other, which feels true. quite different to what they do. That is true. <laughs> but I really enjoyed it. It's really helpful. I just, I just remember thinking, oh, they don't really sound like they record their podcast at 10 o'clock at night in their pajamas, sometimes over a G&T or a cup of tea. <laughs> that, that didn't sound like their vibe, I didn't think. Well, we're all learning from each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we will get started with that conversation now and then we'll be back at the end to let you know about our final episode of the year. Hello, Dan and Damien, and welcome to the Squiggly Careers podcast. Oh, thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. So we wanted to get you together. A, we thought it'd just be a nice end of year to get some fellow podcasters together. But also maybe, I think sort of like a bit of a behind the scene things on podcasting, like our highs and lows. We've all interviewed some really interesting and different people this year. And I thought it could be good for our listeners to hear about some of the things that have really stuck with us. I always think when, when we're interviewing so much of what we're trying to do 
when we're talking to our guests is to glean their wisdom to share with our listeners but also selfishly there are also those sticky bits of knowledge that you take away and repeat over and over again with other people so we have a few questions for you and Sarah and I have actually answered them ourselves as well but we've not shared our answers with each other so I'm quite intrigued intrigued about each other's basically we Um, wanted to join in and we're a bit needy because we've not seen each other for a long time that's great that's even better yeah, our, our next podcast after this is about uh, like our year in review, and also we didn't tell each other answers to that either. So it's just like a way of Sarah and I talking to each other, but lots of people listen. So our first question, and Damien, we are going to you first to put the pressure on Dan, as he's so used to this now. <laughs> we wanted to kind of get a bit of insight into the highs and lows of podcasting for you on the High Performance Podcast this year. Like, what's been something that you? Like better than you expected, and what was something that was maybe a bit more of a challenge than you anticipated? Yeah, okay. Oh, wow, they're really good questions. Can I give you two highs first of all? Then, yes. so, um, going out there and interviewing some of the guys we've done has been incredible, and, and they all feel a privilege without that being a, a bit trite of a thing to say. I appreciate anyone that comes on, they're not doing it for the income, they're doing it for the outcome, is one of the things that we say that. They're committed to trying to make a difference to anyone that listens. So I often feel hesitant in sort of saying about any of favourites because I think everyone is a real privilege to do. But there's been some that have stood out more than others. We recently did Matthew McConaughey, the Oscar-winning actor. And the reason I cite him is because when we started out on the podcast, we sort of like, you have sort of dreams of some of your dream guests, people that you think would have real insights and the Matthew one was really interesting because I'd read his book and I was texting Jake, my co-host, and uh, I was saying to him, there's some brilliant insights on this that I think could be perfect for the podcast. And it was like a pipe dream come real. So within a week of sending the first text message, we sort of called in favours and contacts and we found ourselves sitting up till midnight so we could beam in direct to him in, uh, in LA. So it just felt like a dream becoming a reality and there was almost a surreal element to it so that stood out for that reason but the second highlight I'd say is uh, we did an interview with uh, Johnny Wilkinson the former rugby player the guy that won the World Cup for England in 2003 he wanted to come on but talk about surviving his career so he talks about enduring rather than enjoying the whole experience of it and there was a real courage like I'm sure you guys have had it. You know, when you sat interviewing somebody and the goosebumps are coming up on your arm, even as you're doing it and you're thinking, this is really quite special. This feels like being given privileged access into a very rare but special conversation where he opened up about some of his mental health challenges, some of the lessons that he'd experienced in that in that struggle for his career. And I think it opened the door to a conversation that I think society needs to have in terms of, mental health and being kinder to ourselves but I think the status of having a guy like him that's conquered his chosen domain choosing to share with us that just felt something really quite special and I think in terms of the feedback we've had from that particular interview in terms of the difference it's made of people writing to us to talk about that they felt it allowed them to frame a conversation with their partners or their parents or their professional colleagues sort of tapped into what Jake and myself had said that we wanted to do as our purpose for this podcast, which is to make a positive difference to people, to almost reveal that high performance, there's no secret behind it, but there's no definition. It has to be defined by yourself. And once you can do that, you're on the pathway to becoming a high performer. 
it felt like both of them felt like a real privilege to be able to do it. So, yeah, they were the two definite standout highlights. I think the low light has just been not getting to sit with people. I think having to adjust to this idea, and I'm sure Dan and yourselves have experienced this, of having to do it remotely sometimes takes a little bit longer to establish the relationship to get people to relax a little bit more. Whereas I think if they meet you in person, they can look you in the eye, they can read your body language easier. I think the relationship can start a lot earlier than what it necessarily can do um, when we do it remotely. I think that's a great point. Categorically, I've noticed the difference between Zoom and in person is over the last almost 100 episodes, I've become good enough to feel confident that I can spend an hour in a studio with someone and get my 45 minute edit really slick and get all the answers that I want and make them feel safe and trusted to share what I really think is important for listeners. On Zoom, you know, genuinely, I've been needing an hour and a half, sometimes up to two hours, because it's not the same. It's very clear that the trust hasn't been established as quickly. It's very clear that they're not willing to say what they would be comfortable in a studio, in a conversation with someone more organically. And I've had to spend so many of my interviews, you don't obviously hear them in the edits, but so many of my interviews and me re-establishing that answer isn't deep enough or isn't high quality enough and it's not an attack on them and I understand the concept of doing this on Zoom and we're not having the... It's really context setting that I get it. However, that's quite a surface level answer and I'd be expecting a different level and so are listeners if we were in a studio, so can we try again? And it's been really new experience having to do that but also the benefit of having done quite a lot of interviews and knowing what listeners really get value from your... You know, for us as well, we do loads of mental health and mindset and lowest moments, like really deep conversations. And fair enough, people aren't as comfortable sharing that on Zoom. But also, I don't really compromise. I try and make it very clear that it's not something we'd put out if it's just a PR exercise. It's not the point of the podcast. And and people respect that honesty. But it's also being willing to be bold and direct with people too, that that is the point of the conversation. So Dan, what about you? Podcasting highs of 2020? So one of the random ones was John Cleese, not a business leader. Immediately I said no, because it's, like a, it's not a business. We try to be super focused on our audience. How can you add value? Business, entrepreneurship, leadership, it's got to be that. And he actually, amazing what happens when you say no, um, <laughs> came back again and was like, I've listened to loads of the episodes and I've got a perspective. Like I've basically alchemized a system on creativity. And I think creativity is so important in business leadership. And here are all the places that I've spoken at business conferences and all the stuff sort of pitching us basically about why he should be talking about creativity. And in the end, you know, he crystallized his thoughts so well that when we did the interview, it was legitimately valuable for business audiences because he really honed in on the focus. And we've got to talk about him, you know, founding Monty Python and things like that, which in fairness, obviously is ultimately a business too very successful one. So that was really fun because I learned something myself, which is that A, sometimes it's really hard to say no to people you want to have on the show anyway, but you should always do what's best for your audience. And by saying no, it encouraged him to actually come back and crystallize something rather than sort of going off on his own agenda. We were super clear when we sat down, this is a business audience and this is the insights we need. So that was really great. And then seeing as you gave two, I'll give two. The other one was actually probably... um, we had Slack on this year. It's super interesting because what a year they've had. They IPO'd. The first time they came on the show, they were IPOing the week after. And then we did a pandemic special, which was actually getting in touch with a bunch of leaders 
that we'd already just had who were in the middle of the pandemic. So we thought this would be an interesting case study afterwards, but how interesting is it how you deal with crisis in the moment of crisis? And having Slack back as a company that was learning, ironically facilitating all these remote conversations for businesses around the world who had never been remote themselves. So got to have a conversation about how does the company that's helping facilitate remote itself find going remote and the scale that they're hitting, like how they're handling it in the moment. And then I guess, you know, you asked low point, and it was obviously a high point for Rich, but uh, my producer that I run the show with had a baby in the summer. It was halfway through this pandemic special, but also scaling heights, which I am like full time on. So Secret Leaders is like literally weekend side gig kind of thing. And there was definitely a point where I was like, I think I'm going to break or need to just completely stop. And fortunately, actually powered through and was absolutely fine, in fairness. But there was a little period where Rich was like, I can't even do the producing for the next month. And at that moment, I was like, okay, this is probably a bit too much to be taking on all at once. But it was like everything in life, fine in the end. But in the moment, I think that was like definitely a sort of glimmers of burnout and thinking that I'd taken too much on. So Sarah, we've not shared ours. What was your high and low of the year? My high, and maybe this is definitely an introvert speaking, but I don't think of this year as, oh, you know, I can't wait to get back into a studio. What I think of it is it's encouraged us to challenge the conversations that we can have. And I think people have said yes to having conversations with us. And we've approached people in a different way because somehow that barrier of thinking, oh, you know, we have to be in a studio. And you actually kind of go, well, we actually can't. And, you know, we sometimes talk about, there's a guy called Adam Morgan who talks about constraints as being beautiful. So how do you see a constraint and kind of work your way through those constraints with creativity and curiosity? And I think... For me, that's one of the things that we've done really well this year is still kind of found our way through. And I think there's there's a lot to keep from this year in terms of the diversity of people that we have spoken to this year. And we don't have as many guests as certainly as Dan and Damien. So we spent most time just talking to each other. So I listened to them both and I'm like, God, they sound so much more professional than we do. <laughs> I feel like I need to take it a bit more seriously. But we don't we don't have as many guests. But I think the guests that we have had this year, just the range of those guests where they've come from and their different experiences, I think is something I'm really proud of. And a couple of those conversations, and I'm sure we'll kind of talk about some specific guests, have really blown me away. They've been my kind of highest energy moments. And Helen will know this. I, I have to ring her straight afterwards. And I'm like, best thing ever. I love this person. They're so amazing. And, like, and I'm it just, I've needed that in my year. I do remember one particular call. I was on holiday. And so I couldn't, I wouldn't say who it was with, but I was on holiday. So I couldn't do this interview. And Sarah like rang me. She's like, I'm so glad I got to interview that person instead of you. It was amazing. Yeah. I'm just so glad it wasn't you. <laughs> I was like, thanks. So I think that's my high. I think the lows for me have been... You know, we do a weekly podcast and one of the things I'm most proud of is our consistency, which sounds so boring. (laughs) But when you're at 190 weekly episodes, you know, that's a lot of work over a lot of years. And there was a time at the very start of the pandemic in the first lockdown where I wasn't sure whether we would be able to keep going, you know, for really some really practical reasons, some financial reasons. Podcasts tend to cost you more money than they make you in the main. And that's always been... I always think we do our podcast for the right reason. We do it because we enjoy it and we know it's helpful for our listeners and for our audience. And that's always what it was and that's still what it is today. And I did wonder whether we were just going to be able to keep doing that. And I think that would have made me really sad. I would have just really missed it. I think it's actually just become a really important part of my life. So I think that was a low, just it didn't come to fruition. But I think figuring out that out felt hard. And then do you want a more stupid low? 
Which will make um, you laugh. I mean, you can, you can give us a more stupid low. <laughs> <laughs> when I was thinking about it, I absolutely hate podcast introductions and outros. <laughs> Helen and I are the worst at intros really and outros. Idea. You should hear how useless they are and just how many times we have to do them. I don't understand how I can have a really good quality conversation with someone for 30 minutes, but can't do an intro and outro. I feel like I should be getting better because I... We've never been very good at those. And whether it's because we don't do them very regularly because we don't have lots of guests, but I dread them every time. I, I'm actually considering, should I make our guests do their own intro and outro just so that I don't have to do it? I don't know. I'm going to do mine really quickly because I want to get back to you guys. My podcasting high this year has been our Pod Plus community. Oh. So if you guys don't have an equivalent of it, it's been like one of the highlights for me. So we do a, we've started a weekly session and we do a, our podcast comes out on a Tuesday and we do Pod Plus on a Thursday and it's half an hour and we just dive a bit deeper into the topic of the week and we have a community of people that join us for 30 minutes on Zoom and they share with us what's stuck with them, what other articles or things that they've watched that are related to the topic and it is just this really positive moment in the week where like-minded learners come together and they share and it's just lovely because podcasting is feels sometimes you know it's just Sarah and I talking to each other that it's actually quite nice to connect with that community and I've loved doing that and then my low is just like it's our schedule I mean this is not the most exciting chat for us to have here well the way that we manage our podcast is we have a slightly messy podcast schedule on Excel and sometimes we just like mix all the columns up and it gets really confusing and we have moments when we're like but what episode is going live and when does it and it's it's, and then we have to sort of unravel this really messy spreadsheet and you know 190 episodes into it and we still have the really messy spreadsheet so any time I have to go into that and try and sort it out is not a highlight of my podcasting week. <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So I'm really interested to know from the guests that you've had this year, is there anyone that you've been particularly nervous about meeting? When I was looking through, actually, I was scrolling through the range of guests that you've both talked to. And, you know, these are 
seriously impressive people I think whichever kind of way you look at it and actually I was reflecting on which guests make me nervous and sometimes it's perhaps not always the ones that you'd expect Damien when you're talking to Oscar winning movie stars and rugby world cup winning stars you know do you get nervous beforehand can you feel yourself getting nervous or have you just got used to it now no definitely I think I still get nervous I can feel it about an hour beforehand start I can (laughs) feel that anxiety in my stomach starts to tie up the one where I came away and reflected and thought I'd let myself down because one of the things that I did do was when we first started the podcast I chose to remove myself from social media I knew I was going to step outside my comfort zone in terms of doing this I don't want to be second guessing a criticism somebody's made of me or something like that but the one that I came away and did my own reflection, thought I let myself down there, was um, we did uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the Manchester United manager. Now, I'm lucky enough, I, uh, I've known Ole for quite a while. I dropped him a line during the lockdown and I said to him, would you fancy doing it? And he'd been listening to it and he said, yeah, I'd love to. And so he was doing me a favour and I was very conscious he was doing me a favour with it. And I feel that that compromised... <laughs> the questions I asked because there was a couple of times when I listened back to it I thought I didn't ask a question I was just fawning do you know what I mean because I was like yeah. I was like uh, oh he said something and I, and I said something like Sir Matt Busby said something similar to that and I remember thinking that's not a question that's just me it's like, <laughs> trying to link him to somebody else so I felt that with that one my sort of relationship that I wanted to do the best I could for him because I knew that he was doing it for me and I felt that I wasn't at my best on that occasion, which was an interesting one for me to reflect on and sort of try and be a little bit more detached. I love what Dan said about his interview with John Cleese. I mean, I really admire you for saying no initially because I can appreciate that takes courage to turn down. But I really like the integrity of why you challenged it. And, And I feel that was something for me to reflect on that I think sometimes you've got to keep your integrity and think about it from the listener's perspective as opposed to doing it from your own perspective what about you Dan like now do you you know you've met people as well who you know run brands that have got really big and like you say are kind of big superstars really in who are on probably you know the cover of Forbes magazine and all those kind of things do you ever kind of get apprehensive before doing those interviews now not the big brands so not the unicorn founders none of them I have a great time interviewing them and you know now I've done this for years long enough that I feel confident about my skills we get most of those are inbounds now they want to be on the show which means that they've listened and they know that I'm going to ask some difficult questions so there's no trepidation most challenging one for me was a business author called Jim Collins infamous business author basically the Peter Drucker of our times and it was epic. It was literally the most amazing interview ever because it was three and a half hours long. I got kicked out of two rooms because my wife was just getting sick and tired of like, when can we cook <laughs> dinner? But he interviewed me for an hour and a half before the interview started. And he had listened to the whole series. So I learned about Jim Collins. He only does two interviews a year. He chose me and Tim Ferriss. And so like the whole back catalogue he'd listened to. And he came prepared with, hilariously, which I wasn't expecting, an interview of my style and my questions to me for a whole hour and a half in advance. It was incredible, but it was so interesting. And, you know, he's famous for being so wise, so insightful. And for me as an entrepreneur, like when I started, everyone just gave me Jim Collins books, right? And that's what I was reading. So I honestly felt more of a connection to him because he'd helped me on my entrepreneurship journey as books do. He's just so full of quotes and insights and wisdom and I just really respect the way that he approaches the interview, right? He's a researcher, mm. ultimately. 
So I loved the meta concept of him doing all that research and being really selective and only picking like a small amount and then going to town on the research and making it as valuable a time for both people as possible. And one of the things that he said, which, you know, by the way, I've remembered every quote he said, which is another sign of like a really powerful interview. But one of the things he said was relationships are all about what both parties can give to it. So if anyone goes into it thinking like, this is what like I'll give and you'll take, for example, it never works. So he's like, a podcast interview is a good example where if you both go in consciously thinking about what you can give, then you will both find the time really valuable. So he was like, for me, this interview is as valuable for me and I consider it that as it has been for you. You know, it's poetic and it's beautiful, but you can tell that it's true from him. Yeah, I sometimes find I get particularly nervous when I have been over the long term really interested in someone's work and they've really influenced me. So when they've influenced how I've thought, how we built our business, so people like Amy Edmondson over at Harvard or Roman Krisnerick, the philosopher, or people like Jim Collins, that's where I sometimes have to stop myself getting into, you know, just being kind of too much of a fan and actually just remember to ask questions. I think that's sometimes the, to me, they're my superstars. That's kind of what I want to be when I grow up. And so sometimes when I have those conversations and get them right... I think they're probably my best interviews, but I think they also always have the potential to be my worst as well. A final question for you both. It's coming to the end of 2020 now, lots of amazing guests this year. Who's the dream guest for 2021? I don't know, maybe between our communities we can make it happen for each other. Uh, Who knows, who knows? Damien, that's a dream guest for 2021 for you. I'm going to be really parochial and say Eric Cantona, only because I'm fascinated by him growing up as a Manchester United fan and being in that era when he came in. It's not so much the football, although that was spectacular. It was the seismic shift that he had. One of my favourite phrases I like talking to is cultural architects, people that build a culture through their own example and their own, from the organisational psychology point of view. I'd really selfishly love to get time with him. Okay, love it. Okay, make sure the stars align. Dan, what about you? I mean, I've got like a genuinely a very long list of um, <laughs> of ideal guests that I've written down and constantly try. But I guess if anyone's listening to this, if this were one chance to get one guest, <laughs> then I'm going to be probably boring, but just say Jeff Bezos on the basis of so many questions I want to ask on both sides. Like one is obviously on leadership and vision. The other side is obviously like on environmental impact, on job security, on AI. And like, you know, they're one of the biggest employers in the world, I think they might be the biggest during the pandemic, right? They are creating jobs like no one's business for people all over the world. But also part of the Amazon paradox is all the jobs that they will be removing through technology and all of the uh, local communities that they impact. And I just think there's like no end of interesting conversations you could have with a great mind like that who could help answer really fascinating questions from both sides of where you sit in uh, in terms of capitalism or not you know they're the ultimate case study and also consumerism as well right so just like my mind just boggles at the way that he executes the company but also all of the different things that he could answer i just think it's so interesting who was yours helen who's yours i've also got a list i'd really like elizabeth day to come on and talk about failure And I also would really like Elizabeth Gilbert to come and talk about authenticity. Big fans of both Liz's. What about you, Sarah? Um, Well, not just because Damien's on the podcast today, but because I think we are writing our next book at the moment, which is called You Coach You. And it's all about how you can kind of coach yourself. I'm really interested in 
how you can learn from kind of the best coaches in the world and then kind of apply some of that thinking to yourself. And I love a documentary series called All or Nothing, which, which I'm guessing Damien will have watched. So either Mourinho or Pep Guardiola, but not really from a football perspective, but more just someone in the sporting world who is just fascinated by coaching and helping people to coach themselves kind of really on my list. Um, so we always finish our guest episodes by asking you to share your favourite piece or best piece of career advice. Now, Dan, you will have done this before. So you're either going to have to have an incredible memory or you can have a new bit of advice. <laughs> but it's, almost, we... it's almost off brand with heights. Everyone expects me to have the best memory uh, and yeah, the best that's brain. True. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that, so it's almost like let's a just test, pretend but... that this is the same as last time. What I've learned in my career is we grow up trying to avoid failure, but actually there's no better teacher than your last mistake and making mistakes and then figuring out why it happened, what you did and what your ego contributed to magnify and multiply that mistake and how you will change your behavior for next time. Incredible experience and great career advice as well. So don't run away from problems, run towards them, make mistakes and then decouple your ego from the pain of it and ask yourself how I can change the outcome next time. Oh, I love that. That's brilliant. That's really powerful. My piece of advice, I'd probably go that stage before failure and start to cultivate and practice uh, kindness. I know that can sometimes sound a little bit twee as a phrase, but the kindness I sort of uh, am trying to communicate is, is about kindness to yourself. I think we live in a world of constantly... We talk about relentlessness, we talk about this idea of constantly striving, the, the idea that, you know, uh, you've got to be part of the 5am club and things like that. And I just think, start by just being kind to yourself, accept that mistakes are going to happen. So then go to Dan's advice about uncoupling your ego from it and accepting that as long as you've done it with the right intent, you know, it's a learning experience. And I think only when you start acting with kindness to yourself do you then have the capacity to start being kind to others. And I think that's where you then start to create genuine communities that make a positive difference. So thank you for listening to the Squiggly Careers podcast today. I hope you enjoyed listening to Dan and Damien sharing their reflections, their perspective and their insights. Probably gives you a good idea into kind of the world of podcasting and that it's different for everyone. Some things in common, some things that we all kind of do differently. The one thing that I think stood out in our conversation is just how much we all enjoy it and that's because you are having really good quality conversations that you're just learning so much from and as Damien said I think it does really feel like a privilege so and one that I think we're really grateful for too. If you haven't already this year if you get two minutes to rate review or subscribe to our podcast always really appreciate it I know every podcast says it but that's because it helps us to share the podcast with lots of people so if you'd like to do us a quick five minute favor before the end of 2020 we'd be very grateful if you could and then next week we've got our final episode of the year where we're going to do a bit of a reflection on 2020 we're going to try and keep it pretty upbeat in the main <laughs> and we've got a series of coach yourself questions that we're going to ask ourselves demo it live really we didn't share the answers to those questions with each other beforehand but what we really hope is those questions will help you to reflect on your year and to start 2021 really positively but that's everything for today thank you so much for listening as always and we'll speak to you again soon bye for now bye everyone
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 